You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Joe Sulik uses the book of Joshua to talk about how and where we can find the courage to follow God. Hello, everyone. Welcome to church. Today we're starting a new series from the book of Joshua, The Courage to Follow God. Joshua is the history of Israel's conquest of the land of Canaan, which was in fulfillment of God's promises for the people of Israel. Now, Joshua is the sixth book in the Old Testament, and the name Joshua was actually formed from the root of the Hebrew word for salvation, yes. And in Nehemiah 8.17, Joshua is written as Yeshua, which means Jesus, the name of Jesus. Indeed, the book of Joshua in the Greek Septuagint Old Testament is named Jesus, right? So, Jesus and Joshua mean the same. It means the Lord saves. Right. Just to give you a little background, Abraham was chosen by God, and his family became the nation of Israel. And they were in captivity in Egypt for about 400 years, and God chose Moses to deliver them from slavery. And God made a covenant with them on Mount Sinai, and that's where we got the Ten Commandments. In spite of God's faithfulness to the Israelites, they grumbled, they complained, they murmured, they rebelled, and they were very disobedient to God. So, what should have taken just 11 days, the travel from where they were to the promised land, took them 40 years because of their disobedience. God brought them to the wilderness, and finally, they encamped along the Jordan River, and Moses delivered to them and told them to be obedient to God. Now. The story or the book of Joshua starts when Moses died and Joshua was sort of installed as the successor of Moses to lead the people of Israel to the promised land. Now, who is Joshua? Well, Joshua grew up as a slave during the captivity of the Israelites in Egypt, and he became a great soldier and one of the brightest generals in the military with exceptional military skills. He was the second hand of Moses. He was with Moses when he went up to Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments, and he was the second in command. He served Moses in his every need, and for 40 years, he was Moses' most faithful disciple. Our topic today takes us to the first book of Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 to 9, and it's aptly called Overwhelmed. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity that we can sit and share meal together and just be one church family. Lord, we pray that you would anoint the preaching of your word today, that you give us open hearts and open minds as we receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's go straight into it. There are times when we feel overwhelmed by things that are happening around us. Sometimes we're just too busy, there are just too many stuff to do and too little time to do them. And one of the things that we get overwhelmed with is time. Women can relate to this. The moment you wake up in the morning, you have to multitask, do a lot of things, make sure they have snacks for lunch, and make sure you leave your house at least in a decent state before going to work. And when you come home from work, you pick up the kids from school, and then you do some errands and get back home and see that there's more things to do. We get overwhelmed with time. And sometimes you also get overwhelmed with finances. Sometimes you just go over the envelopes on your kitchen bench and just try to sort out which one needs to be paid, right? 
And sometimes we get overwhelmed, especially when our cash flow is kind of restricted. And we get overwhelmed with our relationships, with our marriages. It's good that we have loving and kind marriages, but there are times when we're overwhelmed by arguments and disagreements. I know even some people who don't talk for days when they fight, right? And they are in a constant state of pressure, tension, and disagreement. People can also get discouraged and overwhelmed by school. A lot of students here can attest to that. They just finished their bulk of their assignments, right? And some of them are still going through finals in the next few days. That can be overwhelming. A lot of us get overwhelmed with work. I remember when I was still in radio, it will take me about half day to finish just answering emails. How many of you experience that sometimes? And by the time you finish answering your emails, you, you barely have enough time left to do other things at work. And it can get overwhelming because you get difficult people at work, right? And sometimes you even have difficult bosses. There's politics in the workplace that you have to survive through every day. Most of us are overwhelmed, most of us are overworked. In a recent Australian study, a report says Australians are stressing out. In fact, 20% of suicides are linked to work. And there are about eight Australians who take their own lives every day. This is about 3,000 suicides every year out of the 71,600 people who attempt suicide in Australia every year. This is quite alarming. And behind the seemingly happy faces you meet every day is an individual who's struggling with insecurity, broken, individuals who are overwhelmed by the, by the realities of their life, searching for hope, meaning, and purpose in their lives. We all get overwhelmed sometimes. And today I want us to look at the book of Joshua because I believe that God has a very special message for us, especially at times when we get overwhelmed. If you have your Bibles with you, help me turn to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. Joshua was appointed by God to be the successor of Moses and now was tasked to lead the people of God to the promised land. It's a promotion that entails a lot of responsibility. Crossing the Jordan River, first and foremost, was a formidable task because it was overflowing at its banks at this time of the year. Second, he was taking the place of Moses in leading about 2.5 million Israelites who are known to be, you know, uh, complainers, they like to whine, they murmur, they rebel, they're disobedient. And Joshua, by the way, was about 68 to 78 years old when God asked him to take over. Plus, there are enemies. In Canaan, remember, he had been there. He was one of the 12 spies that was sent by Moses. And he knew that the enemies were strong, were bigger, and greater in number. Joshua was just overwhelmed. But God said, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, and all the Hittite country, and that's modern-day Turkey, to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. If somebody, if I would hear that from a man, then I'd probably have second thoughts. But this is God. 
telling Joshua, I will be with you, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. For the first time, he said, be strong and courageous, because you will lead this people to inherit the land I saw to their forefathers to give them. And the second time, he said again, Joshua, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. God said, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I just realized when I was reading this, how overwhelming it must have been for Joshua. Can you imagine God talking directly to you and giving you instructions? It's like your boss saying, you have to do this, and you don't have any option but to say yes. Joshua knew that God was commissioning him to a role, and he has to take it whether he likes it or not. And saying no to God was not an option, remember. I could just imagine what was going on through Joshua's mind. 2.5 million Israelites. I'm 78, I'm not getting any younger. Joshua was just silent, but God knew what was in his heart. So for the third time, God said, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The first thing that God wants to remind us today is when you are at the lowest point in your life, when you are afraid of what tomorrow will bring, when you've lost all your motivation to live the next day, we have to remember that we can hold on to the promises of God. There is hope beyond cure. There is hope beyond your marriage. There's hope beyond that career that seems to be failing. There's hope beyond your finances. There's hope beyond your circumstances. There is hope beyond the seemingly unpurposeful lives that we are living. The book of Joshua is a call to follow God. It's a call to be faithful and trust God. Do not rely on our own strength, on our own achievements, but on the promises of God. But this promise, God said, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is useless if we do not have faith and believe in the person who said it. On Monday, I'm going through a process called City Andogram. Yes. So it's basically a process where, where the doctors would have to look at uh, the veins in, or the arteries around my heart to see how much plaque it has accumulated through the years. Apparently, I have this condition called familial hypercholesterolemia, which means that my body produces an excessive amount of bad cholesterol. It's been doing that for the past 20 years, and it's not good, right? And I could probably expect, I don't know, maybe no plaque, I hope, and maybe the doctor would say, you have 50% plaque in your arteries. And would I say that I am not anxious about it? I'm a bit anxious. Am I afraid? No, I'm not afraid. Really and honestly. Because I cannot say I have faith and be afraid at the same time. You see, faith, faith and, and, and everything, your fear and everything that goes against it, occupy the same space. And you only have to choose one. Every adversity, every disappointment, every challenge, every trial and suffering that you go through in life, it's not there to defeat you. It is meant to give you an opportunity to hold on to the promises of God. 
In James chapter 1, he says, when you meet trials of many kinds, it's meant to test your faith so that you'll be mature, you'll be complete and not lacking in anything so you can live your life the way God purposed you to live your life. Let your faith be bigger than your fears. The first lesson that we learned from the book of Joshua in this study is that God commands fearlessness. He said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Two positives and two negatives. Be strong and be courageous. We do not have an option as Christians to be afraid. We do not have an option to be discouraged or dismayed. Fear and discouragement are not options for Christians. Now, how do these commands relate to each other? The answer is in the end of the verse. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The reason why we can be strong, the reason why we can be courageous and not be fearful and discouraged is because God will be with us wherever we go. I don't really care what the results will be. I'm fine with that because I believe that God will take care of me, that God will be with me wherever I go. If I have to go through a procedure, a stent or something, I'm fine with that if that's what God wills for my life. I don't have to be afraid because that is not an option for a Christian who has faith in God. The strength that we stand on is not our own. The strength that we stand on is the strength that God gives us. This is how it goes. First, if I have the strength that God gives me, I can be courageous. I do not have to fear anything, sickness, financial troubles, marital problems, relationship problems, career. I don't have to be afraid of that. I don't have to be discouraged. I'm strong in the strength that God supplies. I don't ever need to be dismayed. The end goal, the outcome of all of this is that with the strength that God supplies us, we can live without fear. And it is by faith and not by fear that we give glory to God. Now, the second lesson that we learn from the book of Joshua is that God commands obedience. How did Joshua go from the feeling of being overwhelmed to becoming the great man of God that we read today in his book? How was he to be strong and courageous under the burden of all that he has on his shoulder, considering the immense responsibility that he has. The answer to these questions can be found in verse 8, when God says to Joshua, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. God commands complete obedience to the Word of God. Be careful to do everything written in it. You know, a lot of Christians treat the Bible like a, a buffet. They just pick out which verses would probably satisfy their lifestyle and just forget about the rest. See? The second thing that we have to remember is we have to be consistent. God says, meditate on it day and night. It has to be a part of our daily life. Now, my question to each and everyone here, how much time do you spend on the Word of God? How much time do you spend on the Word of God? If you buy a very expensive appliance or a very expensive tool or gadget, it doesn't have any value if you don't use it. 
The more you use it, the more valuable it is to you. And the same is true with the Word of God. The more we meditate on it, the more we read it, the more we apply it to our lives, the more value we get from it, the more valuable it becomes. How many decisions do we make without giving careful reflection to the Word of God? We just jump into making decisions without asking God what His thoughts about that is. Our journey to our promised land means that we are going through a lot of spiritual battles. Meditate on it day and night. This is what God wants us to know. But the question is, what, what do we meditate on? According to a recent study, Australians spend 13 hours a week going through the internet. 13 hours a week. That's almost about two hours a day. Australians spend 16 hours on television every week and six hours on their mobile phones online outside home. That's about 35 hours a week on media that we consume. That's almost a full-time full job. Now, we spend so much time on something that informs us. Have you ever considered spending more time to that which will transform your life? And that is the Word of God. The Word of God has the power to change our lives. It has changed mine and it will change yours. You know, we can all have Joshua moments in our lives, moments when we feel overwhelmed by uh, problems or challenges. There are times when we just want to give up. I just want to encourage you with this. This is what God just wants to remind us today. Whatever you're going through in life right now, whatever it is that you're feeling, God just wants to let you know that He will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's all stand. Father God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that we can come together as a church family and just enjoy your presence and worship you. Lord, thank you for reminding us that whatever trials, tribulations, difficulties, things that overwhelm us, Lord, whatever they may be, they are meant not to discourage us, not to install fear in our hearts. They are meant so that we will be able to draw closer to you and trust you and put our faith in your promises that you will never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, we all have burdens, baggages that we carry on our shoulder. It could be a problem with our families, our children perhaps, our parents. Maybe it's a lingering sickness that we've been trying to deal with for a long time. Maybe it's death in the family. It could be anything. But I just want to encourage you today. Lord, we pray that whatever it is that burdens our heart, we can put it on your feet and just say, Lord, I trust you. I trust that you will never leave me nor forsake me. That though I may go through the storm, you'll be with me through the storm. Thank you, Lord, that whatever it is that we are going through, whatever season in life we are in right now, 
can hold on to your promise, that we can be strong and courageous because you will be with us always. Never leave us nor forsake us. And as Jesus said, I will be with you till the end of the age. And to that we hold on. And Lord, we thank you for your promise. We may live our lives according to your purpose. Lord, we thank you for this church family. And as we go out, Lord, from this room, we pray that we will be able to live our lives as an example of what you've done for us on the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.